0: Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Dan Bernstein. Lawrence Holmes. Brian Baldinger I don't know if you saw
1: it But Trevor Lawrence and teammates Celebrated their comeback at Waffle House I don't know that I like Trevor Lawrence's Waffle House order Cheese steak with bacon And then doing the hash browns with the chili But not with the cheese and the onions And then doing the pecan waffle on the side You went to Duke University You and I probably also have eaten many meals At the exact same Waffle Houses
0: What was your order? Waffle House is the most consistent food there is in America. And if you're not getting a waffle at the Waffle House... Then Thank you! you. Then you're already detached. It's got to start with the waffle, for crying out loud. Like, you're not going to Pizza Hut and ordering flan. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports
1: talk. I been to Waffle House hundreds of times. I've, I've never gotten a waffle. Baldi, this has been the
2: bane of my existence as Dan's partner. Sitting here with him, talking about Waffle House, and him never having had a waffle at Waffle House.
0: The only thing I can think of is you just had bad parenting. You know, and you know, usually just, <laughs> just, just playing my mom and dad. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
1: I got my ass lit up yesterday. I, I just ran into a freight train right there. I thought, "Haha, we'll yuck it up a little bit over uh, shared waffle house experience." He's like, "Nope, you you are definitively objectively doing it wrong." I disagree with him. I, I I just I don't like waffles. I like you you thought you had a friend in the I fight. Did. You figured oh, two boy. guys that went to Duke who probably Aren't you guys the
2: same age? No, too?
1: he's he's got to be 10 years older than I am. Really? Baldy? Has to be. He's way older than I am.
2: Guys probably sh- shared a meal together at Waffle House no. and didn't even
1: know it. He's 64. He's 11 years older than I am.
2: I mean, this close.
1: Thanks. <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you were going to you were going to yuck it
2: up. He's got that please. baby
1: face though. I will say that about him. I've always said about Baldy that he looks like a giant 3-year-old. Yeah, but that's good, right? Like, yeah, he's just like a massive toddler. He's a big old, big old baby. Big, 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 big baby. <laughs> big baby Yeah, face. Baby yeah face. He just, uh, he, he's. I don't agree. I just uh, no, no yucking of yums here, man. You, you, you know, do do whatever blows your hair back. You want a waffle? Get a waffle. You want steak and eggs, medium over medium, scattered, smothered, covered, double plate? You get that. Yeah, but you can have it all. Pork chops and eggs, but I, what I like to do, I, I didn't. I just didn't eat the waffle because I get the white toast, and then my dessert would be a little uh, Smucker's grape jelly on the white buttered toast, and that was just a perfect finish to that meal.
2: I I don't know when I discovered this, and, and I don't know if they actually sell it outside of like restaurants and diners. I am here for mixed fruit jelly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I love it. Like, whenever, if I end up in a place, I, I went to go see my parents, and I, I went to Looms, uh, which is a pancake house out in the South
1: Burbs. Not to be confused and with Lums, which is a longtime Chicago institution, right? L-U-M apostrophe S.
2: Right. That's different. This from is L-U-M-E apostrophe S. Oh, okay. Looms
1: is, oh, man. Really? Mike, got... you know, right? I like, love
2: like, Looms. So, so I go in there, and, and, and I get an omelet. You know, old-school, like, Greek restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, great breakfast. And I'm sitting there, and I just smiled when I saw, oh, my God, for, for my English muffin, I'm going to have mixed fruit jelly. And I I don't uh, Maybe I'll look on Amazon today because I've never actually looked. I think they I have it at Huck
1: H- Finn, too.
2: Yeah, 100% they have it at Huck Finn. Yeah. And, and I'm like, can I just get a jar of that? Because I... I really like that, and it, and it reminds me of. It's not quite exactly the same taste, but my my grandmother and my great grandmother used to make plum preserves, Ooh. and so you know every now and again you get a you get a box from Mississippi, and you have these plum preserves. And I don't even really like plums, but it was so good. I think they I think they did plum and and apricot preserves, mm-hmm. and. It just was delightful, so I I got it. All oh, Texas says they do sell Smucker's mixed fruit
1: jelly. Okay, I just thought that was an excuse for them to kind of not declare a fruit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, what is it? It's 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 citric acid, it's pectin, it's sugar, whatever, and and, and a little color, so it's and pink it's, and it's mixed up, right? It's you know, is it grape? I don't know. It's it's whatever. Enjoy it. Just eat it. Shut up.
2: It's like, going... like you, can, you can bring me like the whole little dish of that. I mean, grape is kind of my go-to, but it's nice to change the flavor profile and and have a little bit of the mixed fruit jelly with your, your, your toast. Like I, there, there's a place not far from where I'm broadcasting that has incredible sourdough toast, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, some mixed
1: fruit jelly with that would be great. It's the mixed fruit on the Smuckers label. It looks like uh apple, grape and cherry. Those that are the works for those me. are the actual fruits that are depicted on mixed fruit. But it doesn't taste the same unless it's out of the little uh, yes. plastic thing with the foil on it.
2: No, you're 100% right. Like it has to be it has to be out of that and I'm I'm it.
1: very OCD about when I t- when I put the butter knife in there going around the edges and not leaving any stuck in one of the bottom corners. It has to come out in one perfect globule. Okay, so I'm
2: I'm less OCD when it comes to it, but I I am trying to save it. Like I I am like okay, like you got to make sure that that you're being really diligent about how you spread this over the English muffin or the piece mm-hmm. of sourdough oh, yeah. toast.
1: Absolutely. Cause Cause that, that's cause... why English muffins are annoying, because they're inconsistent, and you got to moonscape every time, and you're trying to get <laughs> – you, you, <laughs> seriously, you'll get it'll, it'll load up in the sea of tranquility over there, and then you gotta got to kind of stick the knife in there and get it over to Eagle Base and make sure that – you can have it. Like If I'm going to do an English muffin, it's going to be a Benedict, and I can't see the surface of it, and I'm good.
2: So you're not a nook and cranny guy?
1: No, I am not. I know it's supposed to be the, the selling point for the English muffins, but no thank you. Because yeah, the nooks and crannies that. are annoying and inconsistent, and it throws me off my game. How the hell did we get on this topic? I don't know, the Baldinger stuff and Waffle House. Oh, that's that. right. But you know what I've been thinking? With all, with all the NFL news out there and all of these firing coaches and you know, this coach and that, the idea that the Bears aren't doing any of that it's I, so great. I I know they're not good but it's it's kind of nice isn't it? it it's really refreshing that the bears
2: are in a space now where the, the pattern is full ghost rider like it is everyone knows what's next everyone knows what to be looking for it's what are they going to get for the number 1 pick it's good that even I'm so happy, and at some point, maybe we can even revisit this today. I'm so happy the way that Kevin Warren answered our question about Justin Fields, about how obviously like those two guys were seemingly at odds, and there were people that were like, well, Kevin Warren's coming in here, and and he and Justin Fields, they had a disagreement. Does that mean that Justin Fields is going to be moved out of here? Does he like Justin Fields?
1: He put that away in a hurry.
2: Yeah, he did. He did it in the press conference, and then he did a great job with us talking about that part. And it just feels like right now the Bears are – like everything's in the place where it's supposed to be. And now it's a matter of – are the people in charge? Are can they can they deliver on what they promise? Can Fields deliver on the promise of his talent? Can Polls deliver on the promise of taking the North and never giving it back? Can Warren de- deliver on his promise of winning Super Bowls? Now, now, at least everything is seemingly in place. I I don't know. Like, and people can text us at three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I feel like they're on more solid ground than I, I guess. Maybe like we have to go back to oh five, oh six, oh seven. Uh, to be fair, that, that felt like solid ground with Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith, and you felt optimistic about the future. But this feels like organizationally, like the organizational strength of the Bears has
1: been on display, and it's been good. It's we're we're in a place that we're just not used to be. I, I don't know how to operate really in this space when we are trusting that the Chicago Bears know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, you're not lying, Dan. Like it's it's odd. It is uncomfortable. We are used to raging against the machine. Bears fans are used to raging against the the McCaskies and everything else. When where you look at the the last year of work that the Bears have done as an organization. You go, man. This, this feels outstanding. Yep. Like it feels outstanding to not be like. You could make the argument that for the last few years the Bears have operated like the Houston Texans, and that's that's not a compliment. Or the the well, Lions, not quite
1: that weird. I don't know, Dan. Pretty weird. Well, the Jack Easterby stuff is really that that, that yeah, was unique. That's and true. Out where, there. When when you do have someone who is plotting a
2: coup of the organization, at least the Bears didn't have that. But whether it's the Browns or the Texans or the Lions before Man Campbell came in there and took over, it it always felt like the Bears were one of those type of franchises that, that could never get it right. And over the last 12 months, it's felt like, night and day it's felt like they they it was like they just kind of decided hey let's let's
1: stop being stupid
2: how about we stop that what a great idea
1: wait we're (laughs) allowed to stop being stupid uh it says here that uh yeah (laughs) according to according to paragraph four it says uh, that's our choice so we can stop being stupid well let's do it it. it, yeah like let's what what do you think will happen if we
2: stop being stupid? And the fans are like, hooray! Like they they finally stop being stupid. Like like for example, four years ago, like let's say that the the Kevin Warren candidacy is available, they would have gone in a different direction. Like they legit would have been like, well, I know that he's ultimately like severely overqualified for this job, so we're not going to hire him. Let's hire this guy who's been standing next to me for 20 years and make him the president of the Bears. It's, it's you know, like the, the choice and, and all of the stuff with Fields this past year. Th- I just thank them for, for deciding to stop being stupid.
1: You mentioned that Rick Spielman was terrific with Mully and Haw, and I agree. I think we should listen to a couple of chunks of what he had to say. There's some general managerial stuff, and there's some bigger picture stuff as well. This You talk about perspective. Someone who knows Kevin Warren and worked with Kevin Warren. Spielman was the GM of the Vikings for 11 years. He was the VP of player personnel for a long period of time before then, so... He he knows what he's talking about, and uh, you'll hear from him next. We'll bring that back for you. Bernstein and Holmes on the score.
2: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone
1: 15s? It's better over
2: here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Bernstein and Holmes, Middays 10 to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com an Odyssey Station. I think Chicago, I've said it before, these are the best fans in the NFL. They deserve championships. We're going to bring championships. We're going to do everything that we possibly can to deliver that and work hard.
1: Championships, plural. It was said more than once. It's one thing we've always urged teams to talk, to say Super Bowl, say World Series, say championships. And Kevin Warren didn't waste any time doing that. But I think a lot of us are trying to figure out just the breadth and depth of a hire like this and how it actually translates to wins above replacement on the field or in as far as the, the way Bears fans' lives can be improved if they are. And that's why we solicit opinions.
2: Yeah, and what was really cool is this morning... Mullion Haw had Rick Spielman, who was the GM of the Vikings, and we we'll, we'll um it's it, it's so cool like what he was saying about all of the stuff that has to do with where the things stand. I, I I thought it was important him detailing what it was like because that's another concern the Bears fans had was. Is Kevin Warren going to be a part of the football operation? What does that look like? Is he going to meddle? Is he going to interfere? Check out what Rick told the guys about his relationship as Kevin Warren is president of the Vikings and Rick is GM.
0: I thought it was a great hire and for Chicago to go out and be able to land a Kevin Warren uh, with all his vast experience, not only in the nfl but you you just hired uh, a big ten commissioner and maybe one of the most powerful if not the most powerful top conferences in the country and what he was able to accomplish there but what they're getting is they're getting a really strong leader he's a guy that works extremely hard excellent communication skills he has that aura about him that people that are around him want to follow him and he's a great listener because I know there's going to be a lot of things going on with the potential of a new stadium. And he was phenomenal leading our organization uh, when we built the new stadium in downtown Minneapolis and actually uh, was, a, was led the uh, way on the uh, new practice facility that we had. But working with Kevin, he understands. You know, I've always ran the football side. He's always ran the business side. But to work with him hand-in-hand, hand, I, I learned a lot about the business side if I had any questions on the football side that I wanted to get an outside perspective from the football operations side of things, he was a great person to bounce that off of. So I think he's going to be a, I thought it was just a phenomenal hire for the Chicago Bears. Rick, you understand the dynamic at Howells Hall from having worked there and certainly your experience in Minnesota. And here, as you can imagine, understanding Chicago as you do, the conversation shifts to Ryan Poles reporting to Kevin Warren and wondering where that line is between you know, separating the business and the football and can a, a team president be involved in football matters? Should he be and what role he could play? If you're Ryan Poles, how much do you welcome that uh, involvement? How much do you resist it? Well, I, I would be total open arms welcoming him that because of the vast experience that Kevin Warren does have, but I think that when you're in a building, it's not a business side. It's not a football side. It's an entire organization that needs to come together. And I remember Kevin uh, getting me involved in some of the business side when I worked with him and, and making sure that whether you're directly or indirectly involved with that football team, everybody in that organization has a part on that product, which goes on the field on Sundays. And, for example, you know, being and working through with Kevin and seeing how his people skills and how he he uh, it embraced everybody. I learned, for example, the lady, the receptionist uh, that is answering the calls uh, from fans. Well, that's the voice of the organization. And her job is extremely important, although she may be just a receptionist. Mm-hmm. So but. When, she, when pe- the fans call her and how her attitude is towards those fans, because there could be a lot of angry fans at times, uh, that's the representation that person uh, gets from talking to that receptionist. So that is critical. And even though every piece of that organization, like I said, whether directly or indirectly, will have a piece of what that product looks like on the field. I talked to our people that are Vikings Entertainment Network. Uh, and how important that atmosphere was to create that home field advantage for us in U.S. Bank Stadium, and what an incredible job they did. Well, if they can get the fans riled up, it gets the players riled up, and it gives us a home field advantage. So they didn't actually make the game plan. They didn't actually select the players. But that atmosphere and environment they created was a critical piece of us having such a good home record. So I think, Kevin – and if you embrace that in the Chicago, it's one organization. It's not two separate entities. And usually most of the franchises that embrace that theory, in my opinion, have the best chance for success, both on the business and football side. Let's let's cut to the chase, Rick. How often did he tell you who to draft? That's the question. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin understands the business, you know, and he's never going to come in and say, draft this or, hey, do that kevin's approach uh when we worked together and both of us were reported directly to the ownership but you know kevin's was well it's our responsibility to go out there sell tickets marketing whatever we do to bring money into the organization and basically my job was what they were bringing in we'd go out and spend so i think that's how everything should work but kevin understands the boundaries he knows his strengths he's there uh, because he worked with Dick Vermeil, you know, he's, he's worked right. with the Lions, he's worked with, so he's seen it all. And, you know, even when we had to work on things on the football side, whether it was contract related stuff with coaches or, or front office people, he was always there and we always had great dialogue and open conversation.
1: It's really interesting stuff about the importance of forward facing people in an organization. And the, the public relations value, the, the anecdote about the receptionist is very telling, because when you start talking about details, you start talking about the feelings that people have about an organization. Yes, it's going to depend on if they're able to win 11, 12 games a year. But there are, there are little things around the edges that, that buy you some capital outside of that as well. It's impressive stuff i am when to, to hear spielman speak as glowingly as he does and the fact is when when you actually look at how long spielman was there that for him to have held the jobs plural that he did in the Vikings organization as long as he did is 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 pretty amazing. Now he also got into some actual football stuff as well with Mullin Haw talking about not only had the Bears having the pick, but what I've been saying about the timing of the pick. And by the way, uh, Lawrence's feed dropped off, and we're working to reestablish contact with him in just a second, and uh, we will because he's as you know he's been on on remote in at our Odyssey station in Phoenix. The This waiting period now, don't get jumpy. Don't get impatient. Don't let all of these assets burn a hole in your proverbial pocket. And just sit and let the market swirl around you because the pick's only going to get more valuable. There was some insight into what the Bears can, when the time comes, what they can do to maximize leverage by making sure more than one team is interested. So we'll bring you what Spielman said about that when we come back. Bernstein and Holmes on Sports Radio
0: 670, the score. <laughs> Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
1: The Score is the place to be today because it's a special day for your Chicago Bulls. The pregame is going to start around 145 today. It's going to be the Bulls and the Detroit Pistons playing in Paris, France. And you will hear the call of Chuck Sworski. And Bill Wennington today. We're gonna to be talking with Stacey King a little bit later on in the show about what's going on with the Bulls and looking forward to that. But right now
2: I, I can't wait to to get his thoughts on being over there too. Cause I know how happy he was when this trip came up and he had kind of started to talk about the the pedicures and the manicures that he needed to get and has he all not that good been? Stuff. I think he I, I think, think he, he went has. I think he went before, but he's just super excited. Like him and and adam like really were excited about the possibility of it it's it's great um that that last segment where you we were talking about kevin warren i really love where rick spielman is explaining the approach of warren and says that he understands the boundaries and that i imagine cuz he'd already he told us right didn't he say that that he's been in the draft room with ryan already that He's going to be aware of what's going on and lend any sort of expertise that he can to the conversation.
1: There's a note here after the, that discussion here from Stonecutter. who says, Poll's pulled off an amazing burndown, but we have no idea if he's good at talent evaluation. Eberflus Correct. appears to have instituted some level of stability, but I'm far from sold on him. Kevin Warren has an impressive resume. But on Tuesday, I heard some corporate buzzword bingo, a handful of grind set pablum, and a few malaprops. I think we'd be roasting if they came from anyone else in that building. And I find myself in the unfortunate position of mostly agreeing with some of the stuff Parkins has been saying that his impact or potential impact on the on-field product is vastly overstated. All that said, the Bears do feel significantly less stupid. But the biggest reason why is Justin Fields. And I cannot help but marvel at the irony that the centerpiece of less stupid was the last major move made by Captain Stupid. All of the noise, the hemming, the (laughs) hawing, the sturm und drang, it's all being solved by a holdover quarterback drafted by the worst Chicago general manager in the last 30 years, football going to football.
2: Well, I agree that the hope is definitely, Justin Fields is filling up the hope bucket. Like That's what that is. And I'm definitely with him on the Ryan Poles thing. But no bears general manager has been armed with this.
1: No general no, managers have been armed with, not just bears.
2: you like you've got the number one pick in more cap flexibility than anyone else in the league. As far as the corporate speak look we're we're never going to get a hundred percent what we want, and usually, people who end up in positions like that. They do. How can I say this? Like they, they traffic in this. It's how to they talk. A certain extent. It's how they talk. Yep. So I, I, I'm not going to be mad at him for speaking the language of corporate America when what we are talking about is someone who's going to be running a billion dollar corporation. So I, I mean, even the the people that we think are the most altruistic CEOs. And that almost never ends up being the case sound like that. So I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of that when it's coupled with a guy that seems more personable than some others. And no matter who the choice would have been, there would have been someone talking about collaboration or synergy. But the, to me, the track record for him speaks for itself. Um, I don't know if, if – I think that it's always preferred to be better run. And if you know that your boss is no nonsense, then I think that that helps propel you to do a better job. So I, I can't quantify the on the field. And I know that, that Danny has been you know, trying to figure all of this stuff out. I, I can't quantify that. I just think that they're in a better place, and that's where we've always wanted them to be.
1: It's better than the alternative, is I is, is yes! Come down to right. It's better than them over promoting another schmuck and 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 having the ridiculous press conferences. It's it sure. It's been so much fun. I will miss it. Now, a, a part of me. I won't. A part of me will miss making fun of stupid Bears press conferences because it probably helped build my house. But Are,
2: are we still allowed to make fun of George?
1: Oh, and we will, and and, and and look, we're at a nadir for some of the other Chicago teams here in a lot of ways too. So this it's been a it's been a rough year for the actual uh, on field, on court, on ice uh, activities for these teams. But we got to call it like we see it. We we have it's it's okay to be excited about the Bears and to give them. Uh, it's strange to say, but to give them the benefit of oh. the doubt. Look, they hold this number one pick what to do with it. Spielman was great this morning with the big picture stuff, but then he got
0: specific about how to handle the old catbird seat. The initial talks, to be honest with you, usually start at the combine because if there's going to be a trade, especially with a player, that's where a lot of those deals will initially get started. The draft stuff may linger uh, because I would hold on to it as long as I can. And the reason I say that is with Houston – and Indianapolis in the same division, both needing a franchise quarterback, it'll be interesting to see how Ryan Poles plays this out, and can are you able to, to uh, play one against the other, uh, especially at division rivals, especially both teams needing a franchise quarterback. So I wouldn't expect anything from a trade just draft to move down or up, you know, until near the draft or actually when they're on the clock or right before they go on the clock.
2: Good. Yeah, that's what. That's why, when you read what what Dan Brugler said about it, it felt really light to me, because I do think that that we are underestimating the level of desperation that teams feel. Like, for example, let's say that both the Colts and, and the Texans both want Bryce Young. That 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 drives up the price of what the Bears can ask, and even if they don't, even if it's the the Texans want Bryce Young and the Colts want Will Levis, both of those teams want to be in a position to get their guy. And NFL teams, it's been proven. Like we have an example with the Bears as an organization. It's been proven that teams get stupid when you start dangling a quarterback in front of them. It doesn't matter if we're talking about a draft pick or if we're talking about a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, more so Teams the draft pick, stupid. though. I the, mean, the, the, the that, nothing... deal,
2: that Russell Wilson thing is yeah. stupid, too. <laughs> so and, dumb. And, yep. and the And the Bears were about to get real stupid with Russell Wilson. So whenever they think that there is a quarterback that is going to ride in on a – Dan – Speaking speaking of making you stupid, the Broncos were so stupid about the quarterback situation that they hired an incompetent head coach because they thought he might bring the quarterback with them. So, so NFL teams get desperate and dumb, and the Bears need to be in a position to take advantage of that.
1: Spielman also put a name on it, too, and identified the guy that he thinks the Bears should try to end up with.
0: But the reason I, I, I went with Carter over Anderson is I know the depth. Uh, there's a lot of good players uh, that are pass rushers, and I'll be down at the senior bowl, and, and there's there's a really good group of senior rushers down there, plus the juniors coming out, where it's always been difficult for teams to find that inside dominant player. And if you can get a guy like a Jalen Carter that is not only a, a physical beast against the run, but he's such a unique athlete in how he can get some pressure on the inside. Because when you're watching these games, if you have two good edge rushers, but the quarterback's able to step up in the pocket like the Bradys of the world, and you don't have pressure in his face, uh, then they're going to just pick you apart like a seven-on-seven drill. But when you can generate pressure on the outside, and you can generate especially a game-changer on the inside, uh, usually great defenses have one of those type of defensive tackles, and I think Jalen Carter fits that.
2: I think he's
1: right. Seconded.
2: Um, I, I mean, I'm still not – like, I'm not married to any of these players, and I think that Bears fans shouldn't marry themselves to, to anyone because of what might be available to the Bears via trade and where you can end up. That's the other thing about this draft is it the there's so many areas of need that they have as a team to to be able to function, you almost can't get it wrong. I'm going to leave that 5% of the possibility of getting it wrong because, like Stonecutter, I am not completely sold on Ryan Poles' ability to evaluate talent. But if you keep giving him swings at it with number one picks – You would think that
0: at some point he would get one of them right. We've had some players uh, such as uh, Cedric uh, McManus that have competed very well for us, uh, Sherrod McManus. Tan Cedric, yes.
1: (laughs) There's a a deep cut there.
2: Thanks to this texter from the 267, the Bears are about to get real stupid on Carson Wentz. Multiple teams (sighs) have gotten stupid on Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, that was a celebration day when the Bears didn't get Carson Wentz. That's that was the depth of like inside out Bearsness there. When we we had to actually, it was almost like a Bears. It was like a post game show. Do you remember that? We, Layla and I, and we 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 did a show saying, "Thank God this didn't happen." I mean, what teams do that except the 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 Bears in the in the depths of stupid,
2: the Colts and Washington. That, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is – if you just look around, like, just look around the news of the NFL over the last 10 months, there are, are multiple stories of teams being like, yeah, we can fix that guy or that guy's going to save us. Because of the lack of overall talent at the quarterback position – it drives up the price on getting the quarterback that you want. Like- Breaking Bears news. The Bears make a deal
1: for Carson Wentz. Is this the quarterback you wanted, Bears fan? No. The quarterback no! anybody wants, big voice dude. Come on. Wait, and that's like old big voice dude. That's not even Rick Party. No, that that's old. And I hear him every once in a while. That that, that he's got a lot of clients. Old big voice yeah, dude. I mean, pops. up I, mean, I think he still does local WFLD, right? He's Fox thirty two. I think that's right. I think so. And everyone. You, sometimes you just you, you hear me like, oh wait, it's like I I know that guy. The eight one five asks. I haven't seen Jalen Carter. Is he a Tommy Harris type? Uh, bigger. He's but he's got that same kind of of classic three technique quickness. But yes. he, he collapses the pocket more with strength than he does with. With time, speed. To, he was speed and timing. Tommy Harris is more a leverage and timing guy. This guy is quick, but he's also enormous. I,
2: I remember watching Tommy Harris and they were playing the Vikings, and it was shed the block one step, and he was on the quarterback. And I was like, oh my God, like that, like you're not supposed to be able to do stuff like that at the NFL level. Jalen Carter has got some of that. I do have some questions about fitness because you want him to be late in the game. If there's a big third down, you want to make sure that he's going to be out there for you on the field. And there was some of that in the semifinal. In the final, it didn't matter because they were winning by nine touchdowns or whatever. Um, But I... When you watch his game film, you can see how much offenses were looking at let's allocate resources to make sure that he doesn't collapse the pocket. It's a great point made by Spielman on how uncomfortable the, these players are. That's why I was asking Baldy about that yesterday, where I was asking about building the, the line, and he kind of went into like making sure that there's a big wall. But I wonder with Fields – are the tackle spots as important as the three guys in the middle because you could theoretically
1: his feet make the tackles better automatically right. the 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 floor for for the tackle performance because fields is who he is those some some issues there can be covered up because of his ability to to move to the edge,
2: yeah, and it is i mean I guess it kind of all depends on what fields thinks is does he like the 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 U-shaped pocket and then being able to shed a rusher from his left or right side to step up into the pocket to make a throw or run away from a defensive end on his blind side to be able to throw on the run? I, I just feel like when, when I'm looking at Jalen Carter, I'm looking at a player that will make a lot of quarterbacks, more specifically uh, pocket passers, but – Any quarterback that wants to step up in the pocket, he's going to make them uncomfortable.
1: That's Lawrence Holmes. I'm Dan Bernstein. We are excited to be talking with Stacey King sometime in the next hour. I believe they are on their way to the arena. And when they get there, Stacey's going to pick up the phone and call us from Paris, and we'll talk about the Bulls and the Pistons. But I think with the trade deadline fast approaching and talks between teams beginning in earnest, we're beginning to see some names that are floated out there. And it's it's worth discussing if the the Bulls are going to have any kind of, of reckoning about where they are, where they're going, and when they want to get there. We'll talk about that and more next on The Score.
0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back.